Welcome to Justifying the Effort, everybody. And effort standing for your... What? F- what? 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 What does it stand for? It stands for your 40s and your 50s. And living your best life yes. throughout your 40s and 50s. So... At we, least I think that's what we're trying to do, right? I mean, I think so. I think so. I who, think we're... Who, who really knows? <laughs> who okay? knows? I bet a lot of our listeners are like, is that? Is no. it? <laughs> Um, episode 28. So, 28. yeah, guys, I'm going to do a little math here. You guys can listen to us for a whole day and then probably for about four more hours after that. So let's say you commit a heinous crime. Yeah. And you need to cross a border north or south. Yeah. I, and you are like, man, I'm really tired of all my music. Yeah, you're just like, I'm hitting the road. I got it. Yeah. I got a bug out. I mean, we're going to give you 28 plus because some of our episodes are, they go over an hour. 28 hours to use to flee the federales. And I think that you would look back and say that's the best 28 hours of my life. Yeah. And and while you were, while you were fleeing the authorities, you would have a chance to say, you know, I think I learned something. Yeah. So if you did get caught at like hour 28, You'd be like, you know what? You don't need to arrest me. I have learned a lot from this podcast. And you know what? I really feel like I'm no longer in a midlife crisis. Yeah. I take back my heinous crime. And here's where I buried the body in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think that's good. Yeah. I think we we got something there. Yeah. Well, you know, if 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 at least we can give people um some running music. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, that goes a long way. Yeah. So here we are, episode 28. Not a bad so, week. Not a bad little week. I know. So uh, you want to go first? You want me? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't mind at all. Um, first off, I was on the road. On the road again. Yeah. So uh, I'm getting pretty good at that. In fact, are, are you guys surprised? And I was going to say it didn't snow. It but did snow. It did snow. Yeah, it just didn't last. I will say I was on the road again, and now I am home for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So home, I, home again. I like to be, be here, here when, when I, I can. can. Yep. When I come home, <laughs> cold and tired. I like to rest my bones. Besides the fire. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, this is. I mean, literally. <laughs> they're yeah. Like, what's happening? So good, good work trip, but I'm going to be home for a while. So hopefully, you guys don't kick me out of the house because it's. Uh, because no. it's too much. It's good to have the okay. QB home. So with that being had, recap, I will say, uh, if any of you have ever done a sleep test or are trying to get a CPAP machine like my old arse is, it is like, I'm pretty sure it's easier to get a belt-fed machine gun or a morphine drip than to get this. So I started this process, what, in for your birthday? Yeah, it's special, birthday. Super sexy birthday. <laughs> super sexy. Yeah, sexy birthday. So it was October 15th, you know, which you guys should mark that on your calendar, big circle around it. And then you well, could really do an inner circle on the 15th in a big circle around I, October. No, I, I think it's one of those three circles. That, you know, it all hits in the 15th, but, you know, you could do it so it encompasses the whole month of October. That's what I'm saying. It just all. But anyway, that's when you went in for your first test. And what have you done? Three? I've done three tests. So I did. Yeah, you got locked in on. Was that Monday night? That was last. No, no, it was was two two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had a take home one. And they're like, yeah, we think you need to do the next test. So then I did the next test. And they've told him. And then they're like, well. Which is alarming. Let's they do t- blood work too. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I'm just snoring really loud and I keep getting kicked out of my room. So I just want like something so I don't snore. Well, and the alarming thing is, is they told you that you stop breathing and when the, you sleep. Yeah, and then they're and just then like, they're like, oh, oh yeah. your, your oxygen levels are dropping down to like 70 at night. Yeah. I mean, that's normal. Yeah, totally. Just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, after I did the sleep test, which is two weeks ago, they, you know, I was like wired up like, uh, like a cyborg. Yeah. And I was all like, okay, they calibrated the machine. They set it to exactly. And what- you said you slept like you had dreams. I dreamt all night. Yeah. It was you great. You dreamt a dream. Yeah. I, it was all about Megan. Yeah. It was so romantic. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So any hootie who I, I go through all that and the lady's like, the neurologist is going to show, he'll read it all off, get it figured out. 
and then you'll get a call from a home health care company. So it's not like you can go to Rite Aid and buy one and say, here's my, here's my calibration. So I called last week and they're like, well, he does all the readings for the state. And I'm like, good hell, this isn't like the newest thing on the planet, right? Well, and your dad had one and even your mom said that he just like went in. Yeah. And it was like four days later he had one. So if you're a listener and you do have any knowledge, please message us because I mean, this has been going on for like six months and I feel like my deductible is just getting, yeah, it's getting milked like a, like a bovine, (laughs) like a milking cow. You can milk anything. (laughs) Oh. You can milk anything with nipples, Fokker. Yeah. Anyway, um, is is that your week? No. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to find So that was my rant. Yeah. And I don't feel like that's an unjustified rant. Yeah. Because I just, it's one of those things you can be with your health. And I think this is something important for all of us in our F word years is do not roll with a check engine light on. So even though like wearing a CPAP is bringing sexy back. I'm sure. I'm sure Megan's going to attack me relentlessly. Yeah, I. I literally don't know what she's I'm going like, to do. She's like, he's totally a, a fighter jet pilot. <laughs> I'll be like, is that Maverick is from that Top Maverick? Gun? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I just need to get a uh, pilot's helmet to sleep <laughs> on. <laughs> so, our kids are like, why is Dad sleeping in a helmet? Don't, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. I just, I have my fantasies. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, today. Uh, I took my daughter, she passed her, uh, our oldest, who's been on this podcast, she passed her driving test and is slightly apprehensive about being behind the wheel. Slightly, she is terrified. So I took her out to uh, BFE and we we did some... Uh, I think you got it going over 15 we miles. Got it, no, we got up to 40 Okay, on yeah. a nice country road. Yeah. So as James Taylor would say, on a country road. Yeah. And we cruised and she did good. She did really good. Biggest stress was there was a bunch of road bikers out and uh, that spooked her a little bit, but she did good. So that was fun. So uh, enough about me. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So my week, I feel um, my huge accomplishment is this is the first week since June since I tore the ligament in my hip and was kind of like... Wait, you had hip surgery? Yeah, I know, (laughs) I know. So anyway, uh, I... Well, to back up, I went to my hip doctor. um, He's really cool. Yeah, he's super hip. He's so hip. It's like... It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, and... And he said, we need to work on your... Hipness. Hipness, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and it was... I was a... I think it was like a week or two early for my six months. So about five and a half months since my surgery. And he, you know, checked everything out and told me that I had graduated from my recovery. So my, well, what you guys may not know about Megan is Megan possesses a gazillion amazing, admirable attributes. I feel like, but then we're going for the stab. <laughs> what, what's this stab? Let's go. But the one she needs to work on a little bit is patience. Yeah. So I really think this whole entire process, it was like people were like, oh, is it painful? I'm like, no, it would have been easier if it was painful. I just had to be patient to let everything heal. And so I got the full clear um, from my doctor. And so even though I was able to move a little bit, it just... It still needed time. And this was my first week since June last year to get six days of working out in a row. And one of the days was even a double day. Ooh. Bam. Well, just going back to the check engine light with your health, that's another huge thing too of even though you know, you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, and you want to just get after it, if the doctor says you need to lay low for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is like it it, mentally I was ready and my body, my body was saying no, no, my mind was saying, (laughs) what's the line from it's it's my mind saying no, but my body saying Saying, let's let's go. go. And you should know. So Quinn's band, this is a side in college, in college. So when we started dating, they had this old van. Okay. No, it was, it was dope. It had a, I didn't say it wasn't dope. It was an old van. Let me explain. Yeah. It had a, it had a spoiler on the back. Yeah. And theater seats. So we took these old, like they were probably turn of the century, like cast iron theater seats that were with red velvet pads. We bolted them to the floor and put seat belts in them. So we had four across in the back. Yeah. 
And yeah. And so the very first time, you know, I was invited to ride in the van. Hey babe, have you ever seen the inside yeah, of the van? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I get in this van and it's all these guys that play just rock and roll. And I look aligning all around is No, it was across the front, like you know where you like your sunshades are at? Yeah, it was there, but it was even where the the doors you had so many. Um Christian Aguilera. Like it was the genie in the bottle baby. Well, she was pretty hot. Yeah, but and it was so, just like I get in there and I'm like, I'm so confused. Rock what, and roll, oh, Christian Aguilera. Well, what happened? We had other stickers in there too. Yeah, it was mainly Christian no, Aguilera. Well, we had Chris. She was the only, besides like dead stickers, like Grateful Dead and Fish and, you know. Yeah, that. it was all these hippies and then Christian Aguilera, yeah, so, well, genie in a bottle. Well, what happened was we were, I think we were at a truck, we were on tour somewhere and we were at a truck stop or gas station and they had this like one of those quarter machines where you can get bouncy balls, but they had one that was dedicated to Christina Aguilera and Bill Howe, who was our roadie at the time. I think he spent 50 bucks on. Yeah. Cause and he's it, like, it was like, she's like, she's so hot. Have you seen the genie in a bottle video? And I think, okay, that, that was, but well, here's the deal. No, you guys were late was, to a gig because you guys were watching the, 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 the Christian Aguilar <laughs> dirty video. Like I come in, I'm like, guys, you're going to be late. And you guys are all around the computer. Yeah, like, and I come in and it's like, Huggers Goat Show. Jumping <laughs> on the floor. And I was like, okay, you go play some rock and roll, dude. <laughs> hey, we respect the arts. You sure do. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a total sidebar. But you guys need to know about the the band band and that. But, um, other than that, this week, our firstborn um, driving, uh, she went to a dance. Like We kind of had a, a crazy thing happen. Well, yeah, and it kind of spurs a little bit into this episode because she was at a dance. Dragon was gone at a friend's house, right? Yeah, she was gone. And then our feral one was just being feral. Like, yeah. it just jumping between <clears throat> friends' houses. And Quinn and I were like... What do we, I mean, it wasn't like we had a lot of time because we were like, we have to go pick up this kid and, and this kid. And I think we were on the, under the assumption that, that, uh, every kid's activity was going to take up much more of our time than it actually yeah. did. So we were kind of like, what do we do? So we've been trying to finish the Witcher for how long? Yeah. So we were, apparently we figured this out after we were on the last episode we've worked on for like three months we've watched like 20 minutes and then a kid's like, can you run me here? And so we didn't realize that we only had like eight minutes left of the season finale. So their mother and I were mother and I, she was oh, wearing her kerchief. She was wearing her kerchief in her night clothes. <laughs> and we were uh, all settled in to enjoy like, uh, we really did. We got like our blankets. We're like, we're watching kicked it on the couch. Eight minutes later, eight minutes later, it was over and the season was over <laughs> and it was like, yeah yeah so what happens with that is uh it ends right it's over not quite sure what we want to watch or whatever and then we're kind of encompassed in this feeling of boredom yeah a little bit we're like wait usually we're all consumed of you know like our weekends almost a lot of times not being ours yeah so the crazy thing about boredom is when boredom kicks in, it's incredibly easy to hit the default button. And this is really where this episode birthed from is because also we're both there, episode's over, can't quite go to bed yet because we got to pick people up. And we, you, we, you, I needed to take care of our son. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> we need Quinn's CPAP so he can stay up past nine thirty to help run kids. <laughs> anyway, we digress. I can if it's early in the morning. Who needs a ride yeah, at four thirty? People don't. Who see, needs a ride at four thirty? I'm 4:30? just saying if our our kids have friends still at our house at four thirty in the morning, <laughs> we're in trouble. Yeah, but the point no, is, Quinn, no making babies in the basement. No making babies. That's in the our basement. rule yep. in our house. Yeah, that's no the- making babies in the basement. So. With The Witcher being over and not knowing what time, and we didn't necessarily decide on an episode or on something else to watch, we both kind of defaulted to easy. And these days, easy equals what, Megan? What is easy equal? What do you default to? Come on, this is easy. I I ended up watching Bridgerton. No, well, and you went to bed. 
Oh. You end up grabbing your phone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, where are we going with this? Did, was... did you whip up a souffle without me knowing? Because the last time I checked, I looked over on the couch and you had your head buried in your phone. Yeah, that's true. You too. Okay. So what happens is more times than not, when we default to easy, we just grab our phone and then it goes mindless. Yeah. And you kind of tune out and that connection's over. And then you all of a sudden start realizing like, oh my gosh, this is becoming a pattern. Whenever, say, you end up with free time, whenever you end up just kind of not knowing what to do. And with that being said, I think that's when a huge chunk of depression just kind of blah, yeah. it, you know, and starts I, to settle and, in. And I will say kind of, um, not that I want to always, now Quinn pointed it out. I feel like I'm like talking about my hip surgery, but it's been, you know, uh, three of those months I was at home, like at home. Not, I mean, a good portion of those three months, I wasn't able to walk and do anything. And then it just haven't been in a routine of doing what I wanted to. And I will say, you know, when you go default, a lot of times that easy and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to sit here and dink on my phone is a lot of times I mean, I like Instagram and social media like the next person, but I think especially when you're not doing anything in your life to progress or have moments and you look at this, you're like, everybody has this better life than I do, or they're, you know, doing all these things or they're, they're more fit or they're better mom or, you know, and I think that it's one of those, it's, it's great to have it, but if you are not working on yourself then, and that's all your time suck is, is looking at it. It's just going to almost be a negative. Yeah. And isn't it ironic? That was, don't you think? Yeah. Isn't it ironic? We're on a song kick. Totally. So isn't it ironic that you look at social media to view other people's hobbies? Yeah. As opposed to doing your own hobbies. So, what- and, and, and the, again, we're not against social media. Both of us are on there. We enjoy it. Um, keeping track of friends and all of that and celebrating with them. It's just, I think the point that we're trying to both make is it can be a giant time suck and lead to this just kind of a negative vibe in your life where you're just not progressing at well, all. It comes down to the whole marinade thing, right? Are you using it to enhance the taste or are all you doing is drinking the bottle of marinade? Yeah. Right? And so I think it's funny that you, a lot of times you look at social media and I, I follow a bunch of ski, ski companies and snowboard and that kind of stuff. And you look at that and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing these things. Rather, I'm watching people do these things. So what I wanted to bring up, what we wanted to talk about today really is creating essentially five hobbies. And we're going to get into what each one of those hobbies are. But instead of having the easy default button, having something that you can default to that's positive. And one of the real big reasons why we wanted to talk about this is I've been talking to Megan lately, and it may sound like, okay, traveling all the time, we've been on a bunch of trips, this, this, and that. But I, for the last like couple months, have been finding myself a bit in a funk, and, and for lack of a better term, just bored. And I think the whole reason behind it is because I have defaulted to mindlessness. Yeah, where you're, it's just, either, like you said, going, pressing the easy button. And uh, one of the things I told Quinn back is um, when we we're having this conversation was one of my goals is to not spend that time at the end of the day, like just, you know, looking at my phone. Cause I feel like we all do it. We all get ready for bed. We get in bed, we do it. And um I, my commute changed for work and last year I was able to read almost about 40 books Listen or listen, yeah, listen, listen read. yeah, listen and read some of those, but a lot more listen. And now that I don't have that commute, I am like on a book and a half. And I just looked at that when we we're having this conversation and I'm like, I am wasting this time on, on something that, you know, it's just because I'm 
bored or I'm just letting my brain. Well, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy where I, you know, definitely stemming from this episode on my goal is, hey, if I want to look at it, look at it for maybe like two or three minutes and then read or, hey, you know, bedtime is when I am. That's just focusing on reading for a little bit. And it's something that I is going to enhance my life. And, you know, either I'm going to learn something or it's going to be a good story that I'm excited to come back to the next day. Yeah. And I think along with that, with bedtime, I, one thing we were talking about when we were putting this episode together too, is with grabbing your phones both together. If you're late, not if you don't have your CPAP machine, but if you're lying next to each other in bed and you're both looking at your phones, you know, that really takes away from the time of just having wind down conversation at the end of the night too, of just being able to just talk and, you know, kind of BS a little bit and then fall asleep. And I know Tim Ferriss, who great podcaster, author, has talked many, many times about, you know, when he's talking about relationships, talks about the destruction of a relationship starts with a phone in the bedroom, which I think is a pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Interesting take. And I think it's so as we were talking about this exact subject about, you know, kind of hobbies, being bored, what do you default to was, I mean, look at kids. They are conditioned to being entertained all the time. Like, I feel like, you know, we, our generation grew up without having a phone, but it's something that we've kind of involved. Like we know there's a before phone, you know, B BP BP. Yeah. I said BF. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're really cool, then you can say BF, but, um, anyway, but like kids now. And so it's like, even our nine year old, let's say like, we have to go wait for like five minutes. It will be like, can I have your phone? I got to play something. I got to, you know, and it's, it's almost like it, it struck me because they're so conditioned. And I think even as adults, we are that we're like, as soon as you have idle time to sit in your own brain space, you're like, I got to feel it. I got to do, I got to be doing something. But are our kids conditioned because they see us? Yeah, exactly. Is it a learned behavior? Yeah, from I mean, I like, think they see you and it's something they're used or to. Or is it a learned behavior? And, and it, like, for example, you know, there's a lot of people out here who don't have kids too, but is it a learned behavior of just seeing people in movies out and about, like almost a social a social learned trait? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Did the chicken come before the egg? He's <laughs> looking at me like, what? Because you're like, which one? I started it. Well, it had to have been an egg with a chicken because yeah, if we're I'm, looking at the evolutionary yeah, cycle. He's of- looking at me like, huh. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, look at your life and, and are you just bored? Like, are you, you know, is it something that you're going to a doctor's office and you're like, oh yeah, I'm bored. So I'm going to sit and look at my phone. I mean, guilty all day, but what is it something that you can change that up? Yeah. And I think when we're talking about hobbies, one big misnomer with a hobby is you think, oh gosh, if I'm going to take on a new hobby, it's going to require copious amounts of time to learn a new skill. And yes, that is true with some, but we really want to break down. And I I think along with that is the time, but I also think it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, it has to be like golf where it's going to be fun or, you know, that I think hobbies are something that is going to be something you do with your leisure time. It isn't always outside of your daily grind. Yeah. That is what we are using as that definition of a hobby. It's not something that's going to be all time consuming and it always isn't going to be your absolutely like, Oh my gosh, I enjoy every single second of this, but it is something that you're spending your leisure time doing. So we want to go over five different types of hobbies yeah, to implement into your life. And some of these you may already be doing, some of these you may never have thought about before, or some of these you may never have categorized as hobbies. But the first one, are you ready? <laughs> I don't know why we did that. <laughs> I don't know, but we both okay. did it at the same time. All so. right. Have a hobby that makes you money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So people think, well, my mind's on my, my money, money and my money's on my mind. Something like that. Yeah. So people may think, oh, geez, like, 
you know, I'm, I don't have any talents. Like, what do you mean that, uh, something that makes you money? Well, here's a couple examples. Okay. So first one, you know, obviously I play guitar. I've parlayed that into gigging. I parlayed that into teaching lessons. Uh, you name it. It, I parlayed it into buying and selling equipment that I found at a really good deal and offloaded it to, you know, Megan can talk about fitness. Yeah. So I think with fitness, that is one that, you know, my hobby, I will say I, I coach a lot of classes. So, um, now I feel like my hobby is teaching a spin class because to me, I'm like, huh, I really want to go do that. And yeah, I'll make some money doing it, but it's more just like, I, I mean, I'm not saying every single class is fun, but it is something that I'm like, okay, hey, I'm making fun. I'm, I'm making money doing something that's fun. Yes. Or you can look at like my mom, for example, has always been in the jewelry. So she started doing beaded jewelry, selling it at farmer's markets. Your mom has always been way into travel. So your mom got a job with the airlines. Yeah. And I think too, so there might be a lot of people out there that are like, okay, I I'm not really into fitness, like, you know, all these things. And you might even be looking at it saying, I don't have ample time to go or skills or skills, which are are fine. But I mean, look in your life and say, okay, you might have goals to have X amount of dollars for retirement. And you could be into, it's like my good friend, Bill, who used to play guitar in my band. His son is way into computers and stuff and started getting way into stocks and for his birthday, he loves Apple, loves all of Apple's products. He researched it and wanted Apple stock. Yeah. And birthday. so that's what we're saying is use it as a hobby, whatever it may be. It might be listening to podcasts or um, reading different books on how to invest your money or learning more about your 401k so that it's something that it can, the money that's already being taken out, you're like, Oh, I'm going to be able to, I want to know where this is going. Yeah. I want to know. So you're not sitting in there when the HR person tells you, you're like, I have no clue. Or even like, I know cryptocurrency is a big buzzword and it's something I know. Crypto. I know nothing about, but you know, the best way to learn something about it is invest some money into it and then learn everything you can and, and get after it. So the first hobby I would say is choose one that helps you make money. Something that like, like Megan said, and it can be as easy as understanding your 401k. It doesn't mean that you all of a sudden need to make banana bread and sell it around the neighborhood, which is cool if you do, but take it and do something where you're like, okay, I feel like I'm moving myself forward with this. Yeah, you're learning a new skill, you're honing it in, and don't underestimate if it's something small that you do like an hour a week that earn, you know, you might have a little bit of return on money. That that can add up over time of being able to go on that trip you want to mm-hmm. or buy that present for that person or that new pair of shoes. Or you could also develop that hobby because you want those things. Just like your mom wanted to travel more. And she knew if she worked for the airline, she could non-rev. Yeah. So it gave her that opportunity to say, hey, I can both make money at this and see the world. Yeah. So it's kind of parlaying those two together. For sure. Yeah. Um, Number two is um, have a hobby that will build knowledge. I thought it was knowledge. Knowledge. So with this one, we're talking um, about reading like having a book that you're reading. If you're not a reader, um, it could be listening to podcasts, researching. It's any way of being informed. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, sometimes we look at being informed as the 24-hour cable news cycle. And this goes back to Tim Ferriss, which if you haven't read the uh, 4-Hour Work Week, well, well worth it. But uh, one thing he talks about is being informed, not being... Uh, inundated. And I, it's important to know enough information about a subject matter. Let's say we're talking the war in Ukraine, or let's say we're talking the presidential election. But I also feel that there's a point, you know, in, uh, in science, going to nerd talk a little bit here. You have something that's called a super saturated solution. You ready for this? Yeah. You ready for a super scientific explanation Mm. of a super saturated solution? I I can't wait. Okay. We're going (laughs) to, Kool-Aid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Delicious. So 
Don't you remember the Kool-Aid yeah, guy yep, who'd I run sure through the do. wall and go, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. How dope was the Kool-Aid? Where is he when we need him? I feel I like the, feel like the Kool-Aid guy unite, would unite everybody. Yeah, let's bring him back. That, that and the Oscar Mayer wiener van. I think that thing still goes around. It, it still does go around. Yeah. But anyway, so Kool-Aid, going back to it, you add sugar to Kool-Aid. But what ends up happening is a lot of times people add way too much sugar to it. And so you have your delicious grape Kool-Aid, but on the bottom you have a quarter inch or half inch of sugar that's sitting at the bottom of that solution. And that is because within the water molecules, there's no longer any space for the sugar molecule to break down to. So it stays in its solid form. Solid liquid gas phases. Yeah. Yep. So the point is, is there's so much sugar in there. It no longer can bind to anything. And that goes with being informed. So if you're being informed, the point is learn enough that you bond to your molecules, not that all of a sudden it just turns into mindless like. Yeah. And if it is something that you've learned, research it, like find your own facts that will go along with it. Um, Other ideas are um, like when we lived in California, which I'm just giggling, but um, I, with a group of friends, took a sewing class. Well, if you do live in California, one of the huge benefits is the junior colleges out there. You guys went to, what was it? It was uh, Santa Santa Barbara Barbara City College. No, Yeah, community college. Yeah. And uh, it It was was free. Yeah, it was free. So we took, we took a sewing class and I think I mentioned that before where I tricked my friend into sewing my project for me. And I was like, I'm just going to sit and drink my diet Coke with my feet kicked up. And you made a super intense pillowcase. Well, she did. She did. And then I took a a cooking class. So funny story about this cooking class. It was Megan and her friends and then a bunch of retired folk. Yeah. So it was like, you know, we went in there and, uh, so this cooking class, we showed up one day and one of the girls in our group, she comes in and she's like, oh man, I'm late. Like all the, every single person in my house is like throwing up everywhere. Like they have the stomach flu. And I just remember like looking and just being like, oh no, like she's here. So my other friend, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, wash your hands really yeah. good, you know? And if, for it, those of you that may not have kids or for those of you that do, you know, when the stomach flu hits, it's like you put the lamb's blood above the door. Yeah, so it, it is like you're sitting passes. there praying being like, it, cause it's just gonna, but you know, there's no getting out of it. Yeah. If it gets into your So house. anyway, you know, um, had like, we went through the whole entire class. We were trying to be super, super good. And, um, then like two days later, I started throwing up and the, like it went wickedly through like our whole everybody in the entire class. And then come to find out, I get a call from the health department and they're like, Hey, were you at this cooking class? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And they're like, there was, I think there was 20 people in the class and 18 of the 20 got the stomach flu. And it wasn't food poisoning, but they thought it was food poisoning. Like they couldn't figure out like, what it was. So they had to like track it. So anyway, long story short, I took a cooking class. Well, why don't you talk about the skill you learned while you lived in Las Vegas? Okay. So very important. This Uh, is building knowledge. Yeah. Right here, building knowledge. So fun fact, when I was in Las Vegas, I was recruited by a very elite group. Prestigious. Prestigious. So I was part of a charter called the Las Vegas Hookers. (laughs) <laughs> you wanted to say hey, we needed money yeah we, i mean guys we don't judge no so anyway i when we moved out there one of my friends was like i had met her and she's like you're gonna come be a hooker with me and i'm like whoa okay vegas operates a little different okay cool and she's like no it's a knitting group get it like knit like we hook hers anyway we were the, yeah. So anyway, she invited me to go. And actually, uh, our second child was delivered by um, the doctor that delivered our baby. He delivered every one of the ladies in this hooker group's baby. And, and so even, he'd always say, like the I've nurse, delivered all the hookers babies. Yeah. So as he's delivering our daughter, Olivia, he's like, hey, this is one of the hookers, you know, and it was just one of those. But anyway, so long story short is I was part of this group and really trying to learn new knowledge. 
And it was the ongoing joke that I made one thing in seven years. Yeah. That was part of this group until we moved. And it was a hat. And they always said it was a penis warmer. I would say phallus. Uh, yeah. It did not. I, I did not grasp the full. So guys, I've tried. It was more of a phallus thermostat than it was actually a head cap. For yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I have tried different knowledge. It didn't always stick. But you learned something. But I learned something and I made friends out of it. And so for me, friends was the hobby. And, well, and the neatest thing was, even though you may not think you took that much away from it, you still built knowledge. And it's so funny because- Like I, how to be a hooker. Yeah. I have been, our our house uh, walls have looked a little bit like a calico cat. Yeah. <laughs> for the last like month, because I spackled a bunch of things I wanted to fix and- uh then I've just been out of town and haven't had a chance to do it. And so finally I got it done on Saturday, sanded everything down, repainted it. And it was so fulfilling and not necessarily that I gained that much knowledge, but I think just the act of building something, making something, doing something with your hands, working on a skill, especially when we live in this default to easy world, it's so valuable. And even though I was like, doing some manual labor, if you will, it was really rewarding and I had a really good time doing it. And it just wasn't like, ugh, you know, I listened to a great podcast while I was doing it on, uh, was it ours? No, it was oh. on, uh, <laughs> SOG operations oh, in Vietnam. Yeah. That I shouldn't yeah. Have. Actually, this one was on the Cambodian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what, one thing to remember, so I've told these kind of funny stories about just kind of seeking out different knowledges. I mean, I'm going to bring in a little bit of running. Okay. So for years, um, I worked as a running coach in a speed and agility coach. And so I worked with a lot of youth and my specialty was on running form. And it's one of those things that you look at, like you, you're born, you learn how to sit up, you crawl, then you walk, then you run. So it's a natural progression. But it doesn't mean you do it right. Yeah. And I will say, because so many people would come and be like, is that, is there something wrong with my kid? Like they just can't run right. And I'm like, no, I will tell you probably eight out of 10 kids. Like it was not a natural thing. Like I had to work on, okay, we got to get your arms in the right position. You know, your leg drive, like all of this, um, working on, you know, from their top of their head all the way down. And, um, so with that, it was a skill that they had to work on. Yeah. And as I will say, as a, as a sales manager, this is something we see all the time. Just as Megan mentioned, uh, everybody, unless you have a handicap can run right out of the gate. And I see it all the time in sales is guys get good enough or most people who are in sales have an innate ability to talk to people and such. And so they, they have a natural skill set, but it, and usually what happens is you'll see guys that go their whole career with the skill set that they walked into the front door with rather than develop and change it. And I think a great example of this would be in the sports world, Tiger Woods changed his swing and he went from the number one player to really struggling till he got his swing right. But he knew he could get a better dist, more drive and more distance and more accuracy by changing his swing. So he was willing to do it. So part of it is... If it wasn't the ambient that helped? No. <laughs> yeah. Part of, boom, boom. Yeah, too soon. Part <laughs> that of, was years ago. Yeah. But part of, part of building your knowledge is if you're in your job and you're just feeling bored and you're just hitting the default, it does. So I know we use social media as an example, but sometimes that boredom comes from just repeating the same thing over and over and over and not working on increasing your ability. And they, you know, every business podcast, every book I've ever read always says, be the best at whatever that is. So if you're a grocery bagger and you're the best at bagging groceries, you're going to get promoted to something else. And if you're the best salesman and you're constantly working on your skills, new opportunities will pop up. And if you're the best fitness coach or what, what have you, whatever you're doing, best accountant, you know, you're going to have opportunities that will continually be presented in front of you because you're at the top of your game. As well, opposed and that to you're, just you're, you're constantly yeah. working on your skill. And I think 
you know, you're, you're looking to gain knowledge. You're not just settling in saying, okay, like I have all this natural talent. You're saying I'm taking this natural talent and I'm going to like keep progressing and using that, that hobby, that time, that leisure time, it doesn't even have to be that much. But I mean, Quinn for like a good two years, all he listened to was either podcasts on sales, team building, um, or books. Like that's all he focused on because he's like, I want to build my team to be the best team. And then also have all these skills, like putting like skills in or knowledge, I would say into his tool chest of saying, okay, when I'm in a situation with one of, you know, the people on my team, this is how I want to approach it because I have the knowledge instead of just being like, well, that didn't work. And I will say, uh, your forties and fifties, as we talk about justifying the F word, and we've talked about our first whole episode, even though the mics were a little off, uh, (laughs) the whole episode was, we talked about overcoming the midlife crisis And I really think uh, the hobby of building your knowledge is probably close to, if not the first thing in avoiding the midlife crisis, because you think about your life and everything is building and learning. You know, you, you grow up, you learn how to talk, you learn how to walk, you learn how to, you go to school, you learn academics, then you, then you go to college if you do that, or you learn a trade and then you get into that. Then you become, you get married and you either learn, you got to learn how to be with your spouse. And if you decide to, then you have children, you got to learn how to take care of a child. Or if you end up just having dogs, then you got to learn. So it's learn, learn, learn. And then there comes a point where you plane out. And that's where I think a lot of the depression, midlife crisis, uh, just going into a funk really starts to hit you. Well, and I think uh, a few years ago, I started to learn how to play tennis because it was something I always wanted to do. And I just really wanted the clothes. Well, that too, they're darling. (laughs) But one thing I will tell you about going to tennis lessons in my, you know, like my forties was if there was something I was good at, I was like, Ooh, yeah, let's do that drill. And then the, I, I literally felt like a little kid when the, the, you know, the tennis pro would be like, we're just going to work on this backhand drill over and over and over. And I felt like a little kid wanting to throw a tantrum and be like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I realized that I'm like, Oh my gosh, at the older we get, we don't like to be pushed outside of our comfort zone to learn and suck at something before we become good at it. For sure. For sure. So moving on from building knowledge, the third hobby that we want to discuss is one to keep you in shape. Okay. I know we talk a lot about fitness in this, but the first thing that I want everybody in this listening audience to think about when it comes to getting into shape is movement. Just moving. Yeah. I think people, you know, especially being a trainer, um, they think it's always like, I got to have this like, you know, super intense training program. And I'm not saying that those aren't effective, but I think the biggest thing that you can do to start off and even when you are in shape is to always add movement. And more movement. I've gotten to the point where I have uh, Aftershocks headphones that I use when I do my calls for work. And if I am working out of my home office, I typically stand up and walk around while I am on a phone call just so I am moving. And you can ask the Google anytime you like about benefits of exercise. And it's honestly the magic elixir. It's the dude in the 1800s standing behind the wagon and, and, you know, carnival barking and just saying like, Hey, this will fix this, 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 this. Cause it's like, if stress, anxiety, blood pressure, depression, whatever. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, how many people have we known? And I mean, maybe me more just because I work in the fitness industry, but there'll be people that are like, my doctor said that I was on the verge of being, you know, type two diabetic, or I had, I was going on high blood pressure medicine and all of this. And they decided to just start walking just doing movement, like whatever it was. And it was just life changing. They're like, well, I decided instead of doing this, I'm going to walk like two miles every day or three or, you know, just something simple. And with that being said, 
working in the fitness industry, I get asked all the time, like, like Quinn said, what's the magic elixir that's going to make all these goals and your dreams come true. And I will tell you, I've worked in all different types of facets. I, I love trying out different things in the fitness industry. And I think the biggest thing about working on getting into shape is one is movement, but two is find something that you enjoy the majority of the time. Yeah. Cause there is part of the time you, really you're going to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I love to run and I will say there's days where I'm like, that sucks. Like I, you know, it, it was, it was horrible. And one example is, um, so meaning because it's not your thing doesn't mean it doesn't work. But if you go and you're miserable the whole entire time, it's not going to stick. So um, out here in Utah, and it's taken off everywhere, there is a format, um, and it's brilliant. Like, it's like to hip-hop music. It's called high fitness. Kind of like Zumba, but to hip-hop. Yeah, and it's brilliant. And it is like, these chicks are buff. They look amazing. And it looks so much fun on paper. And I am like, I'm always dancing and doing my thing and I'm loud. Just so you know, though, Megan's dancing is akin to an epileptic stripper. Yeah. And so I have gone to this class and I was like, I was always going the wrong direction, the wrong move. I'm like, and and I walked away and I have like a strong, you know, like appreciation for it. And I look at it and people are like, I love high fitness. I'm like, dude, that's legit, but not my thing. And just because it's someone else's thing or not thing find your thing. The thing that you're like, you know what? Maybe it's walking with like some uh, ladies in the neighborhood or I, I don't know what it is. It's maybe getting together and playing basketball with some guys, you know, a few times a week, whatever it may be. It's movement. It's movement. Well, and with that being said, we are coming out of winter. winter. And the problem where we live is winter is like, Hey, it's early October, late September. Hey, I'm here. And then it's like you get down to what's traditionally springtime, like April, well, May. Well, we're on like sixth winter. Yeah, we're on like, yeah, you have first winter, second winter. And honestly, uh, springtime in the Rockies is the reason why I have trust issues. Yeah. Because it'll be <laughs> 70 degrees one day and then snow a foot. And it happened like uh, just this week I went running. I think it was Thursday night. I ran outside in a tank top and a pair of shorts. The next day it was 30 30 degrees and snowing. And that was by the morning. Like this wasn't even like 24 hours like different. Yeah. The reason I bring this up other than to uh, just cake about the weather is it's finally gotten nice enough to where it's like, okay, I'm not going to die in a snowstorm and end up like on the shining frozen in a snowbank with an ax. Not that I walk with an ax, but it has been I mean, so nice to get down kind of r- around seven thirty, eight o'clock and be like, Hey, let's go for a walk. We'll go for a great walk. All of a sudden I'm not nearly as tired. I feel better. It's just, and instead of defaulting to easy, instead of yeah, just and it was, going it mindless. It was something that we've talked about, even with the weather changing is, and it gives us time to go, talk. Yeah. Kind of like the couch time that we yeah, talked about. Yeah. Couch time or moving outside. And when we lived in California, the weather, it was almost slightly like Groundhog's Day is we walked. It was terrible. It was like 70 degrees <sighs> yeah, every day. But we walked everywhere, like enough where we were thinking about selling one of our cars. Um, but I'm just saying whatever it might be to set a hobby of getting in shape is add movement. Yeah. And at you know, a great thing about this, add your spouse, add your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, add your pets, add your family, add your kids. Like it's just a great all around thing for everybody. Yeah. And set that routine. Remember that you're, you're not working on a goal. You're working on a habit. So if you start that habit of walking 15 minutes, like outside every day, you know, there's so many benefits, like Quinn said, of you could Google and it will go on forever. And then you're going to get in that routine and you're going to crave it and want more. Yeah. And it could be that you hit the gym, you get after it. And then this is kind of your decompression at the end of the day. Your therapy. True that. Okay. So your fourth is um, have a hobby to keep you creative. So with that being said, I will say I am not. Wasn't it Shakira that said, try anything? Yeah. You always bring that (laughs) up too. Uh, 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 uh. 
try anything. No, it's try everything. I can't remember <laughs> it now. They're like, don't sing. Anyway, but I am not a very... Her art- hips don't lie. Yeah, they don't. Okay. Um, I'm not a very artistic person. So this is one that is, you know, kind of, as we were developing this, talking about it, I was like, uh, I really don't think I'm... I mean, I told you my story about going to the sewing class and the hookers is I'm not like I'm more prone to be like with my kids to be like, let's go play soccer or, you know, do something active more than creative. Um, Well, I think what you're saying, though, is not everybody is born like I've always wanted to draw. And I tried so hard to be a good (laughs) artiste. And and our oldest is wildly all the kids are yeah Yeah. i mean but our our oldest spends so much time drawing with her headphones on and the stuff she comes out with quinn's just like it pisses me off i'm like i tried i I wish i you know classes (laughs) and i just got worse so i think one thing to take into consideration with being creative with having a hobby of being creative it doesn't necessarily mean that you're learning a new skill. Although it's like when I used to teach guitar, I taught a lot of adults because they wanted. You did. And they were like, is this weird? And you're like, no, like good on you. You're trying to a new skill to like be creative. So, but I think it goes two ways. I think you can a develop a skill or B develop an appreciation. And Quinn is more of a skill because the arts are, you know, that, that he's very, you know, he'll write music and all of that. And I feel like I'm a great appreciator. And so one of the things we've been really, uh, doing with our family and is creating that culture and appreciation. If you look back, like, so Quinn, when I met him, we talked about this, he played in a band in college. So this was like 22 years ago. Yeah. <sighs> 22. Anyway, I had to stop there because that was like, yeah, shocking. But be careful. Yeah. You're saying hurtful words. No, but when Quinn played in a band in college, they toured all through the Midwest, all over, but they played at least five to six nights a week. And it was like everything you can think of. Like the library wanted to have an event, they had an acoustic gig. If there was like a, a farmer's market, they had a band, like they, they were hired out. Yeah. Barnes and Noble used but, to yeah. bring bands in. Yeah. Like and that's what acoustic. I'm, yeah. yeah. It is. They had stuff. I mean, they played a lot of bars. They played a lot of like events, festivals. Yeah. yeah and stuff like that. And it I, was even corporate stuff too. Like, Hey, we're having a cocktail hour. Yeah. And it Can would we just, hire your band to come play. Yeah. And I mean, weddings, I mean, you name it. And so, but I do feel like it is slightly a dying breed like meaning now it's it's there's not as many like if you think about places you go there's not as many like live music and it doesn't mean that you have to go crazy and go to every concert but i do think that in your community there's a lot of places in the summer where they have it where it's like hey let's go and it's like in the park let's just go and take some food and listen to music yeah for example when i was a kid uh we had a thing called the band shell and we had a city band that played concert band. Yeah. Like Sousa stuff, you know. And at the end, they'd have a light show, and everybody thought it was pretty cool as a kid. But the whole community would show up to go see the community band, like concert band, play. They'd do like, I think, two concerts a month or something during the summer. Yeah. And it was just people came outside and wanted to appreciate something. Yeah. And I, I think it's... Yeah, I think now it's like if it's a big headliner, people are like, oh, I'm going to go to that concert, which is great. We love that, too. But people always say like, hey, are you really into that band? We're like, "Eh, we kind of like them. Or our kids even, um, I mean, we are really blessed in the fact that we live next to a ski resort. Yeah, and every Sunday afternoon they do the blues and brews. Yeah, and our kids are even like, hey, are we going to that this year? Because they can run around and they listen to music and they don't even know the band. for snow cones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they don't even know the bands, but it's an appreciation. Um, Another thing that we have been really trying to to add in there is different, you know, um, art exhibits, ballets, ballets. Um, yeah, we went to, I just have to laugh because I have been to the nutcracker probably 
35 times. And um, so I've been, you know, all over, seen it, love it. And Romeo and Juliet came in. The ballet. The ballet. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take my girls, which it was phenomenal, you know. But I will say I had never been to a ballet outside of the Nutcracker. So I was like, well, I want to see. We're going to get a seat really close. And it wasn't the Nutcracker. It was the Nut Shocker. It was the junk <laughs> show. Like it was the kind of, because there was like in the Nutcracker, there's one guy that's the Nutcracker that wears the tight pants. It, it, it was, and we, I think if we were sitting further back, but my daughter just turns to me and she goes, mom, I have no clue where to look. <laughs> and then there was a part, you know, where Romeo and Juliet, after they get married, he's dancing around in baby blue. I mean, you can see every muscle. Total, total smashed rat in the yeah, pants. And then, um, no top. It's, and my daughter just turns to me and she's like bright pink and she's like, <laughs> um, and I was like, we're enjoying the arts, you know? And so, um, but yeah, we try to do ballets, um, plays. Um, one of the really cool thing, um, it's been going around was going to like the Van Gogh exhibit. Like 3D exhibits. Yeah. And we're going to be taking our kids. They're bringing one. Michelangelo. In, yeah. For the Sistine Chapel. Not, not the Ninja Turtle, but like, yeah. you know. So part of, part of that is look at, you know, if you are not necessarily like, I'm not going to pick up a guitar and start learning. It's not. Or uh, drawing or painting. Yeah. And so part of it is look around wherever you live, support people's creativity, because I think anytime you go, you gain something. Yeah. And also, um, I know for those who have listened to the podcast, we talk a lot about the whole actually thing. You're actually good at this. Actually, You know, every every band, every musician, every painter, they all had to work their way up. So instead of telling people what they're not doing and how they're not accomplishing, you know, support it because they are going out on a ledge to make it happen, which is awesome. And I will say, uh, Quinn and I, I mean, we love and our kids too. Now we kind of, I wouldn't say ruin them, but we bred them to love to go see live music. And I will say we've seen some national acts and I've gone and just been like, eh, not impressed. Yeah. I've seen bar bands that are 10 times. And better. then we'll go to like a local event and they're guys that haven't made it. And you're like, their heart is in it that I'm like, I don't even know what's going on up there. Cause I'm not art, but I'm like, just their heart is into it. And so, yeah, just look at that and just support, um, People's creativity. Yeah. So once again, when you're thinking about a hobby of being creative, remember, it doesn't always have to be a skill. It can also be an appreciation. Yep. But if you want it to be a skill. Sure can. Get it over yeah. yourself. Don't worry about being afraid to fail. And find a music teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Okay. The last one. So we've talked about five, right? We've talked about a hobby. that four. makes We've talked about four. Four. Yeah. But we're going to the fifth. Okay. So we've talked about one that makes you money, one that builds your knowledge, a hobby that keeps you in shape, and one to keep you creative. And the last one we want to touch on is evolving your mindset. So we talk a lot about being unapologetically yourself on this podcast. But I think me dyeing my hair pink this week yeah. was the definition of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get a picture up on Instagram of that. But uh Honestly, with along with that same mantra is, are you working to be the best you? And this goes hand in hand with avoiding the midlife crisis. It goes hand in hand with building knowledge. But, you know, really, when we when we feel bored, right, like I told you, I've, I've felt bored the last couple months. A lot of it comes down to the fact that I have not been working on trying to become my best self. I've just been defaulting to easy. Some of that's the weather. I don't know. I can blame it on just being busy, tired my CPAP machine not showing up yet. <laughs> Who knows, right? But and 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 by no means is this a prerequisite to be perfect at all of these. This is, you know, life is a life's a journey. So, you know, it's always about uh working to become better, but your mindset is critical. Yeah, I think definitely throughout your with this hobby so throughout your day. Well, why don't you explain, dive in a little bit into mindset? Okay. So mindset really is your mental attitude. And I think that a lot of it is one is what you're projecting out. And one is what you're projecting in with your mental attitude. So there's one that everyone's going to see. And then I think everybody has your internal dialogue. 
And so with that, um, you can be, um, there's, there's your fixed mindset and you have a growth mindset. So let's, let's look at just really your fixed mindset really quick. And your fix can be where you're just kind of like, well, this is me. I can't change. And, you know, kind of like, it's never going to get better. Or what everybody else is doing is weird. And-, and I, you know, it's just kind of like almost that you feel that there, you don't want any change in your life because you're where you're going to be and it's never going to change. So here's a quick question for you. Not yeah. to go off on a total tangent. That's what we do. Yeah, that is what we do. But what impedes people? What 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 locks people into a fixed mindset? And what impedes people from changing that mindset? I think the answer to both is fear. Is that like Dwight Schrute's uh Yes, cousin it's like the cousin the wearing coffin. the fear shirt. No, but I <laughs> I'm fear. I, I think on both is you're afraid to change because I mean, you can fail or it's like, I don't know who I will become. And I think sometimes even if you're unhappy where you are, you're like, well, this is me. And I know, like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be the same. And I think to add on to fear is I think sometimes when you decide to change your mindset, to have that growth mindset is it's taken away every excuse. Yeah, I think it's like we, I, I know we keep talking about this, the whole David Goggins accountability mirror, but I think when you change your mindset, you all of a sudden have to open yourself up to what am I doing that's impeding my growth? Because you've definitely settled into, I'm okay with the, I remember, <laughs> this was pretty cool. I had a moped when I was 14. Yeah, which you did say 14 was one of the best years of our life. It was okay, amazing. we know. Yeah. Let's move past it. So we used to ride in a gang and. Uh, Were you patched in? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, I had a green Honda Express, 76, I think it was, mm-hmm. same year I was born. But the whole point of. Where am I going with my moped story? Because it was so good. <laughs> moped 14 mindset. I really don't remember where I was going with my 14-year-old mindset, other than the fact that it was super dope. Maybe you just wanted them to know that you had a green moped. I, I don't I'm know, sure guys. I'm going to re-listen like to it's this. Gonna be in the middle. But this was like a fantastic thread that I was going down to on my... Uh, oh, I, I don't know. On, was on, it on growth? Oh, I remember exactly what it was that. Yeah, on growth. So my moped would only go 35. Yeah. It had a governor on it. I was just going to say, did it have a governor? It had, had, as we would call the bass player in my band, Kirk, we call him the governor. Governor? Yeah. Because one day he came out wearing a top hat and it was around Christmas and our guitar player was like, hello, governor. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, but it had a governor on it that uh, determined how fast it would go and it locked it and you couldn't. And if you had somebody's dad who was willing to, he could take off the governor. And pump it up to about like 45 miles an hour. And you that's were, when things got that's, wild. That's when things got crazy, right? But the whole point of that is there's, I think there's so many times, especially as we get older, out of fear, out of fear of failure, out of fear of how we'll be perceived, that we put governors on our lives and we tack ourselves out at 35. Boom. That was where I was going. I remembered it. I love it. Guys, he's only turning 46 <laughs> next month. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, and I think like you going back is to David Goggins and the accountability mirror is I think a lot of times with mindset is facing that is having to work through the things that you don't like about yourself and having to admit it, you know, of saying, okay, like, I don't love this about myself. And so instead of just being like, oh, this is who I am, or you're having to work through it and say, okay, I'm going to make slight changes. I'm going to create healthy habits. And, you know, you're, you're, you're moving towards that growth mindset where you're going to be positive. Or even you can take that and say, you know, let's say you're not advancing where you want to in your career. And we talked about the habit of gaining knowledge. You could be stuck and not gaining any more knowledge and becoming quickly uh, replaceable because you're not keeping up with the times. And you can blame it on everybody else, but you take that governor 
off. The governor. Yeah. And then that's another application where you can look at that and say, I'm changing my mindset to learn and be teachable. And then I can excel. And then your excuse of your boss goes away real fast because you become great at what you do. Yeah. Again, looking at yourself and being honest. So a few things that will help, like we've talked about this um, in episodes past is I would recommend everybody keeping, it doesn't even need to be a journal, but being something that you, if you really struggle with mindset, if it is something that you just feel like everything kind of leads to that negative or internal dialogue, because there's a lot of people that on the outside, they're like super positive. But then, you know, if you really get to know them, they're like, man, I like they have this self-destructive button inside is I recommend grab a notebook every day, jot down at least two things that were positive in your day. Yeah. Or as Tony Robbins said, he spends five minutes every morning thinking about what he's grateful for. Yeah. Or like meditating. Meditation too. is yeah. fantastic. It's huge. Something where it's going to change, where if you are forced either at the beginning or at the end of your day to really either in meditation or to sit down and write down and have to think like, oh, what is positive in my life? Over time, that's going to change to create more of a uh, healthy habit of yeah. having a more positive mindset. Yeah. And, and with your mindset too, um, if you're, if you want to dig into meditation, there are tons of free, like you could type in like five minute meditation into YouTube and you'll have a guided meditation that'll walk you through it. I've, I've done it for years. And, uh, some of the times I've had the most clarity has been when, when I've been doing it. And if, and work, and I will say you do have meditation in the hot tub. Oh yeah, for sure. When I'm in the pleasure cooker. Cause he will like, you'll look out there and he'll have his arms like on the sides and he'll just be gazing out. Engulfed in a uh, <laughs> soft pillow of steam. Yes. And, and you know, I'm always like, he's in deep thought. He's he's going to, you know. I'm going to come out with working good. through the world's problems. Yeah, so Absolutely. Yeah. So whatever it is on mindset to just small steps of changing. And again, guys, we talk about it all the time is take a look in the mirror. That man in the mirror. And... And have that honest conversation with yourself because you're only having it with yourself and it's only going to like create honesty and make it so that you can break that barrier of growth. For sure. So just to recap, I just want to go over the five hobbies one last time. So have a hobby that makes you money, have a hobby that builds you knowledge, have a not hobby that keeps you in shape, have a hobby that keeps you creative and have one that will evolve your mindset. Yeah. And so with that, I, we want to leave you guys with a quote. It is from one of my favorite books, The Last Lecture. And so a lot he talks in that book about hobbies, dreams, and mindset. So if you haven't read that book, highly recommend it. We've talked about it before. But um, he says in his book, the key question to keep asking is, are you spending your time on the right things? Because time is all you have. That's profound. Profound. All right, guys. Another week. Thanks for tuning in to Justifying the F Word. I hope you guys have a good week. Yeah. And love your hobbies. Live your hobbies. And remember, just because you're 40, 50, and beyond doesn't mean you're dying anytime soon. So uh, go out there and live it. Stay classy.